you don't need to do it all to have financial abundance and clarity. In fact, you probably need to do less and stay in your own money lane. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, hey there, it's your gal Carly over here. And we're going to be doing something really special this month on Messy and Magnificent. So check this out, because I'm going to be using the same intro for every single episode of this month, and you're going to see why in a minute. Now, if you know me, then you know that my sweet spot of professional focus is helping folks who have reached some level of success in their career, their health, or their relationships make the transition from working to attain a goal to sustaining it once they've reached it. I don't know about you, but I was taught how to attain things. How to sustain things requires a different skill set. So this could look like helping an artist who's won one Grammy learn what they need to in order to win a second Grammy or to survive the limelight now that they're in it. Or sometimes this looks like helping this one client that I absolutely adore right now who runs a social media company make some adjustments now that she's gone from being a startup to celebrating their 10-year anniversary and a much larger staff. And sometimes it doesn't look like anything to anyone else but you. Perhaps it's having finally achieved better health in one area or sleeping a little bit better at night and then wanting to make sure that's still possible even if you're busy in your career or in another area. And if I had to boil down the way we do that, that is the way we take what's good or what is working or what's big, and make it sustainable, it would come down to this one question. Ready? What makes sense now? Not what makes sense when I first had this dream or this idea or this goal. Based on what is before me, what business practices are working and what might I update or stop doing altogether? Or you could swap out the word business there. What health practices are working and what aren't that I might stop or update? Or what relationships are working that I might keep leaning into and which might be time to reevaluate or perhaps lean back? And so I'm applying that same thought process here at Messy and Magnificent because we are now well over 100 episodes and two years of making the show and we are thinking very thoughtfully behind the scenes about what would serve you most now. And so this month, before we go making all sorts of new plans for the show, or before perhaps you begin making all sorts of new plans for the new year, we're going to address the one stumbling block that messes with our plan-making mojo. It's being overwhelmed. <laughs> and overwhelm shows up differently for all of us. So maybe if you're feeling pulled in too many directions, or not sure where or how to focus, or being unclear about where you should take action and where it's time to let something go, well then this month and today's episode in particular are for you. Because time and time again, I have witnessed well-meaning folks, myself definitely included, make not so hot decisions that keep us very busy, but maybe not making progress or enjoying ourselves. When we're in a state of feeling scattered, 
or overwhelmed or unfocused or unclear. So first things first, we're going to tend to our mental nourishment. Then we're going to tend to your goals because you getting to think with a little extra clarity makes a world of difference. And here's how we're going to do just that this month. I've gone back to pull four of our top listen to episodes that address all different types of overwhelm. And to practice what I teach, I am recording just this one intro to all four. So you might hear it again, because by golly, one way we sustain what is good is to stop trying to invent the wheel over every time. Sometimes going deeper or looking for ways to simplify, or just repeating something that works is far more effective than trying to go big or new. In fact, I've always said that when others go big and fancy, around here, we go deep and intentional. And that is the key to sustaining what we love and having room to welcome in what we want to experience next. So here's the outline for this month's episodes. And depending which episode you're tuning into right here today, You might be able to go back and listen to any of these if you've missed them, or you're going to get a sneak peek at what is coming on deck next. So first, in episode 104, we're going to revisit a theme we did earlier called the antidote to overwhelm, how to stay steady within yourself in moments of uncertainty. And just spoiler alert, it's not about having a better calendar system or reading the right book or hiring the right coach. It's a lot more simple than that. Then in episode 105, we're going to revisit an episode we did almost two years ago called Feeling the Holiday Stress, a framework for more ease during full times with one of my favorite human beings, Dr. Maria Sirwa. This applies to overwhelm during the holidays, but also overwhelm in general. Then in episode 106, we're going to reference an interview that I did with Susie Banks Baum a year and a half ago about how to know where to say yes or no. This one was called Trust Your Knowing, How Women Rise from Doubt to Leading Themselves Forward. And then finally, in episode 107, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, money. Specifically, how to up-level your relationship with your finances, no matter how much is in your bank account in simple ways. This one was called Making Money Moves, Upgrading Your Finances and Personal Power. Now, I was intentional in picking these four episodes based on what makes sense right now. So if you've heard one of them before, listen in again. I want you to see what you spot that perhaps you didn't notice last time. Because much like that old adage, When we reach the edge of a river, it's never the same experience because the water is not the same water and we are not the same people we were last time. So let me know in a review on iTunes so I can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. What lands when you hear today's content or send a voicemail over to Anitza, A-N-I-T-Z-A at everybodythrive.com and we'll add your actual voice to an upcoming episode. I would love that. All right, we're going to be talking about money as we revisit episode 13, Making Money Moves, Upgrading Your Finances and Personal Power. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. It's Carly Fain. And today I'm coming to you from my super fancy home recording studio, 
And by super fancy home record studio, I mean the pillow fort that I've set up in the corner of my basement. <laughs> I don't know if you follow me on social, but if you do, you might have seen the little video I made where I showed you the clothing racks I got from Target that I set up in my basement because we did tons of research about what it takes to set up a home studio. And it's really complicated and kind of expensive. And I like to keep things simple. I find when they're simple, they're doable. So I've got a pillow off the cushion of my sofa. I've got a bunch of blankets from around the house. I strung up some fairy lights and an old lamp. So it's really warm and cozy and wonderful in here. And we're making it work. And I just love that. And I don't know about you, but I don't invest tons of money in things until I know, A, I'm actually going to use them, and B, that it's going to improve the quality of my days. I want to know that it's going to help things work. And having a little informal studio space that I can do at home where I don't have to get dressed up or get fancy or travel all the way to the studio has been a lovely option on the days when that makes sense. So speaking of keeping things super doable and simple and about money, today's episode is all about creating some financial freedom and some new levels of confidence for you that are going to spill out, not just around money, but to all the other areas of your life. And we're going to have some real fun talking about money. So if you're thinking fun and money don't often appear in the same sentence for you, great. You are listening to the right podcast. This is the perfect episode for you because I've come to notice that many women feel shame or struggle or unclear about money. And it actually has nothing to do with how much is in your bank account. So that's not, you know, helping you run your career or your day or feel good in all the areas of your life. If we're feeling unclear or lacking power in our money area, because that sense of unclarity or lacking of power or knowledge can start to spread to other places too, right? And the good news is that the opposite is also true. Meaning when we feel empowered in one area, we start to feel more capable and confident in others. And I have a hunch about why this money confusion happens, why it can feel so overwhelming to up-level our financial game or our financial confidence. So today we're going to talk about that and we're going to nip some money tension in the bud. So expect to walk away from this episode knowing a couple things. One is one universal money action that makes all the difference in the world for everyone. And then one doable step that is exactly tailored to where you are specifically. So that as you live into it, it will give you buckets of financial confidence and clarity. And who knows, maybe buckets of money too. So speaking of you, I've got to pause now and give a shout out. I have really grown to love giving listener shout outs at the top of these episodes because I am fully aware, like it is not lost on me. And in order to reach as many women as possible, I need your help getting the word out about this podcast. So thank you to everyone that is posting comments on your social or reviews on iTunes or telling your friends, texting them after episodes and telling them about it. I love hearing your takeaways from the episodes and you're helping this show rise in the listing so that more women have access to it. And that's just a win-win. So this week, Sister Sister 86 wrote this comment on iTunes. They said, do yourself a favor and listen. Refreshing, honest, and truly helpful. This is my new favorite podcast to recommend to all the highly driven folks in my life. 
I walk away with at least one new insight after listening to each episode that I've been able to immediately apply to my career and life. When I'm stuck or I think I'm just cruising, these feel like prompts to think differently and reevaluate. Just listen already. You deserve it. (laughs) I just appreciate how clear and to the point you are, Sister 86, and also that you're walking away with one doable step. Today, as we talk about money, that is my intention for you, that you leave here with one, maybe two ways that feel so good to you for you to feel more empowered, more clear, and more confident about your financial game. So let's give a little cultural context here as we begin. Because when my mother became an adult, this is just one generation ago, it was illegal for her to have a credit card or own a home just because she was a woman living in the United States. And maybe this was your experience too. But even if it wasn't, in the arc of human history, this type of limited access to financial resources for women happened like seconds ago, right? So those of you here that were born a generation later, maybe you didn't have that specific problem. But the fallout of centuries of women being kept out of the empowerment and autonomy that comes with having money is a fallout we are all still healing from collectively. And it really doesn't matter what the size of your bank account is. If you aren't feeling clear about your financial goals, you will feel unclear in other ways. And it will always feel like there's not enough, like there's not enough money or time or energy to do the things you want. And this has been something that fascinated me that I've only learned through working with people who have tons of money. Because sure, it makes total sense that if you don't have much money or as much money as you'd like, that you might feel some financial insecurity. I have worked with clients who have millions in the bank, who have inherited money or made it themselves or have a spouse that provides for them, who feel like they don't have enough money and they feel insecure and out of control. And so make no mistake about it. This episode, it's about money, but underneath that, it's also about something else your own sense of power and worth and clarity. So regardless of if you feel like a financial whiz or not, this episode has something for you if you dream of having more of anything. (laughs) What I'm about to talk about, you could absolutely apply to other areas of your life. So that said, knowing where to start up-leveling your money game can be a really overwhelming experience, right? There are so many options and opinions out there and trying to get total financial security can feel like it's 20 steps ahead of you. So today, we're going to revisit the four seasons of growth that you've heard me speak about before. And if you've missed that, it was back in episode three. Go back and listen to it. But don't worry if you haven't heard it yet. Just follow along. I'm going to guide you right through it. Because what we know to be true is that success and growth is not a straight line going up a chart. That method of always pushing harder and doing the most is sustainable for no one, right? There are seasons to the way we learn and grow and apply things. And when you know which financial season you're in, you'll know exactly which steps make sense for you and which steps you don't even have to worry about. So in other words, you don't need to do it all to have financial abundance and clarity. In fact, You probably need to do less and stay in your own money lane 
So a little transparency as we dive in here. I am not a money master, <laughs> but I have never heard anyone talk about money the way we are about to. And this is not because I'm some money genius, because I'm not. I have learned that things need to be really easy to be doable. Hence my pillow fort that I'm recording from here in the basement. So I figured out there is a really easy way to feel less ashamed or unclear about not knowing how to manage your money and finally be able to up-level my money game. It's worked for me. When I brought it to my clients, it has worked like gangbusters for them. And now, today, it's all yours. So do me a solid. When you start having more clarity and confidence and feeling like you can breathe again around your money, make sure you share what I teach you with another woman. Either refer her to this podcast or just share the message, okay? We're in this together. So the thing about most of my clients is that they are women with careers or their own businesses. And that means that they are in it to make money. This is the most basic and essential money mindset. I am working to make money, right? So in regards to your career, I am here to receive money. In exchange for a service I provide or a product I sell or create, I will be paid well, period, right? Repeat this to yourself with me. I am in my career or business to make money. (laughs) Make that a top mantra. And if you don't have to make money from a career because maybe your spouse is doing the breadwinning right now while you're doing other things or you have an inheritance or other financial resources, your mantra can simply be, the more connected I am to my money, the more connected I am to my power. I'm going to say that again because it really applies to all women. The more connected I am to my money, the more connected I am to my power. Because here's the deal. Nobody I work with, including you, is in their career or their life just to make money. Lots of people are, but not the kind of people that gravitate to the work I do. Nobody that I work with wants to charge inflated and ridiculous rates or rip anybody off. Nobody wants to be a money-obsessed, selfish person that I work with anyway. So that's just not going to be your bag in this lifetime. You're not going to be some money-grubbing person who who tries to make money at the expense of other people. You're just not going to do it. So we need to clear any fear you have about that, like right off the plate. Let that go. It's just not going to happen, woman. You will always care more about helping people deeply. You are generous and thoughtful, and giving. That's your deal. So now we just want to make sure that you're extending those traits of generosity and thoughtfulness and giving to yourself and your bank account so you can keep helping others. It was Susie Orman that said, a big part of financial freedom is having your heart and mind free from the worry about the what-ifs of life. And so if for no other reason than to increase your sense of freedom and not having to worry about the what ifs, upping our money game just makes sense. So repeat after me. I am in my career to make money. And the more connected I am to my money, the more connected I am to my power. Now let's talk specifics about specifically how to do where you are with your current financial situation. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, but Tony Robbins wrote a great book where he interviewed all of these financial leaders from around the world. He had the pleasure and privilege of having these one-on-one conversations with all these financial leaders. And I was really excited when his book came out. And I'll be honest, I haven't 
read a page of it. And here's why. The book is freaking huge. <laughs> it's humongous. And I have no doubt that it is full of game-changing, incredibly valuable information. But the truth was, the second I saw it, I thought, nope. Not interested, right? Not right now, anyway. Maybe later, I'll do it in segments. But I needed something that was a little bit more clear and to the point. And there is one universal thing that we can all do that will help us with our money game right now. So here's a little background behind how this works. Have you ever had a friend that only calls when they need something, right? They want to talk to you because they want to tell you about their woes or they want you to fix their problems. And after a while, you might start to avoid their calls, right? Or just dread it when the phone rings or you get an email from them. Well, money feels the same way about us. Meaning, it's easy to only think about money when you're at the checkout counter and you want to buy something or you need it to solve a problem. And if that's the only relationship you have with your money, if you're only giving it a call when you need something from it, it is not going to be excited to hang out with you. So the one universal money action that makes all the difference in the world for everyone is to have a weekly money date, a weekly money date. Here's what I mean. I mean, literally get romantic about it because this time is both a love letter to your bank account and yourself. When you have a money date, I want you to get some fresh flowers or put a cup of sparkling water in your nicest glass. Heck, put on your favorite dress or some great underwear. Do whatever you want. You don't have to spend a dime. Don't make it complicated, but at least put on some good music and visit with your money. And when I say visit with your money, I mean something as simple as looking at your bank account. It has been proven that the most financially successful people in the world check their bank account at least once a day. And if you're not checking it at least once a week, ooh, it is time to have that money date just to look at it, right? Because what we think about gets bigger. Just by paying attention to your money, you will begin to have more of it. Let me give you an example of that. I have a corporate client of mine and she started having some money dates with her money. She makes plenty of money, but she always felt kind of guilty and a little ashamed that she didn't feel as financially savvy as she thought she, quote, should be, especially in a corporate environment. So she started doing these money dates and she just started looking at her bank statement. That was it. Just started seeing what was going on there. And when she did that, she spotted some recurring monthly subscriptions to things that she didn't use anymore. And she was like, oh, I don't need to be paying for this stuff. I forgot I even signed up for this stuff. I haven't used this in ages. And she unsubscribed. And one day she unsubscribed from just a couple of them. And it started saving her over a hundred bucks a month. That's $1,200 a year, right? And she's used some of that money to remodel part of her house now because she wanted to have a little bit more space to exercise and relax and meditate. So this was the simplest thing. She just began to check in with her money and see how it's doing. And with a little practice, You can start to form a relationship with money that's balanced so that it wants to be around you. And you may have heard people say that money is just a representation of energy, right? In exchange for work or for doing something, we are given money back. And I think that's an interesting analogy, right? But we want to even that out. We can't just ask it for things. We have to show up for it on the regular days too, right? And hopefully 
money as it wants to be around, you start to invite more of its money friends, and then you've got a little bit more going on in your bank account. So studies have shown that just by checking your account on a regular basis, spending a little bit of time with our money, we begin to have more of it. So that's the one general thing, right? And maybe that's super basic for you, or maybe even though it's simple, that's the kind of thing that's so easy to put off because we think it needs to be more complicated or more involved with that. So now we're going to start to hone in on one specific financial action that makes unique sense for you that you might do right now during your money date. So the overall action that works for all of us is having a regular money date. Now we're going to talk about what are you doing on that date, right? So it might be like my client just checking your bank account, or it might be something else that I'm about to go over. Also know, as I go over these, that I have created a free money master sheet that goes along with this episode that you can download totally for free. And I really recommend that you give yourself the respect of getting that money master sheet and filling it out with your unique answers so that you have one short, super doable plan that works uniquely for you. You deserve it. So head on over to carlythane.com forward slash podcast. Go to this episode and you can get instant access to it on the spot. All right, here we go. There are, as I've said earlier, and in episode three, we talked about those four seasons of growth, right? There are also four seasons to money, right? Four very specific phases for money. And they're cyclical in nature. And I'm going to go over them in a specific order that makes some logical sense. But I want you to understand that it will always be a cycle. There's always room for us to improve. Knowing our money and growing our financial acumen is an ever-evolving thing. We don't have to do it all on the spot. It will evolve with us. So as I go through these four seasons, I'm going to start with winter. And I want you to pay attention to the season that feels like it is most applicable, if I can say it, applicable to you, right? You do not need to do all of these steps, quite the opposite. Hone in on the one that sounds like, oh yeah, that's me. And then pick one item from that season that makes sense for you. So here is winter. Winter is kind of this fertile void time. You are in a financial winter if you're not sure how to make more money or have better money management yet, right? You might not even know in this moment what the amount of money in your bank account is or what your income and expenses are each month, right? This is a perfectly appropriate place to be in. A lot of people find themselves in this spot regardless of how they're presenting in the world. This is actually the truth. Is they're not exactly sure about their money game, they're not sure where to start, you might be feeling overwhelmed by it all. If that's how you're feeling, great. You're in the money winter. You're right on time. So if you find yourself in the financial winter season, here are a few action steps you can do. The first, look at your bank account at least once a week. If you're feeling really masterful, maybe you start to look at it once a day. You don't have to do anything other than that. You're just looking at it. Another thing you can try is to organize your wallet or your purse. Give your money a good place to live. So if your wallet looks like how mine used to look like a few years ago before I started doing this, and it's like chocked full of receipts and all the cards to all the grocery stores that you have to have or, or CVS or whatever it is, and you can never find what you need, and it's just kind of like this burdensome giant weight you carry around, you're going to sit down and organize it. 
Give your money the kind of place that it wants to live in, right? That it wants to come be in. Another thing you can do during the winter, your financial winter, is take those receipts out each week. Write down your work-related expenses on a piece of paper, or if you don't have to write down work expenses, just organize them in a nice place, even just an envelope, right? And throw the date on that envelope, maybe for the month, and just keep it all in one nice organized spot. So your financial records start to have a place to live rather than like in the door of your car or the center console or crammed into your pockets, right? Another step, and the last one I'm going to share for the winter, financial winter, is to list the abundance in your life. So if you're chronically feeling like you're behind or like you don't have enough or you don't know enough, it's really hard to have a prosperity mindset, right? So you've got to write down what's already working. I want you to make a list on your money date of anywhere from five to 10 things that are already good in your life. And if you need a little jump start with this, because it can take practice for some of us, you might start with just writing down, hey, I'm really thankful that I got to hear this podcast and learn a couple tips about money, right? Or I'm really thankful that I have this pen and this paper to write on, or that I'm in a safe enough place that I have the time to process this. I'm really thankful that I am the kind of person who loves to learn and grow, right? Whatever you want, write down a list of what is already abundant in your life. And this alone will start to hardwire your brain for more prosperities. So maybe you look at your bank account once a day. Maybe you organize your wallet or your purse. Maybe you take your receipts out and just organize the ones you need, toss the ones you don't. Or maybe you list the abundance in your life. Pick one and do that on your first money date. Now, maybe you're not in winter. Maybe you are in financial spring. And financial spring looks something like this. This is where you're already starting to form some type of relationship with your money. So for example, if you run your own business, maybe you already have a separate business account with your bank than you do from your personal account right? And so you've got some some separation going there. Or maybe you've already been organizing your receipts, or maybe you've already been looking at your bank account for a little while and you're ready for the next step. Here are three things that you can do if you find yourself in financial spring during your money date. Number one, you can start tracking your expenses and income. And this does not mean you need to go buy fancy software, right? Use an Excel sheet on your computer. Grab a piece of paper and a pen. You don't need to necessarily have QuickBooks or a bookkeeper, though those are really handy things. But instead, you're going to take those receipts that you've been using every week and just create your own little tracking system. It's got to work for you. What is easy is sustainable. So make it as simple as possible. Another thing you can do in, in your spring is to get separate accounts if you don't already have them, right? So if you don't already have separate accounts for things like your savings and your checking, now might be the time. Or maybe you want a separate savings account that's just for the money you're saving for the fun stuff, not just the money you're saving for expenses or a rainy day, right? So you might just get a little bit deliberate, more deliberate about where you're putting your money. Another option for people who find themselves in the emergence field is to begin to set up direct deposit from your work, whether you work for yourself or you work from somebody else, that goes directly into your savings account, not your checking account. This was huge for me. I read an old school book called Money is My Friend, and I will put a link to that. It's a kind of book, you, it, it hasn't been in print for a long time. It was recommended to me by a coach I had, Karen Witzig-Razow, and 
the book recommended, the author recommended that one game-changing thing you could do was just to start having your money put in your savings account rather than in your checking account. Because that alone helps us become more conscious about transferring money out of savings into our checking. And we begin to become more aware of what we're spending our money on and perhaps more selective about it. And we will find for most of us that our savings begins to really pick up steam. And I know mine did when I started doing this. So you know yourself best. That's what worked for me. You decide what works for you. So if you find yourself in the spring phase, you're going to up your game by tracking your expenses and income or separating out your accounts, your banking accounts, or starting to have your money either manually or through direct deposit put directly into your savings account so that you can start tracking what you're spending on and naturally increase your savings. So take a deep breath. We just covered a lot. And maybe we've already touched on what's relevant to you. And if we haven't, Well, we're moving on into the season of summer, right? You are in the season of financial summer when you have an idea about your financial present and you've got some very specific, clear, tangible goals for your future. So now it's time to go to the next level. So one thing you might do in your financial summer is you hire or you speak with either a new accountant or your existing accountant about how you can begin to maximize, right? The money that you have. So how you can begin to have less that you're spending on or how you can get the best tax benefits for this year. The second thing you could do on your money date, if you find yourself in this season of summer, is to begin to create a bold money goal for yourself. And this is something that all of my clients who run their own businesses that work with me, this is something we always do together. A bold money goal is something that should feel doable, but also like a small stretch for you to reach over the next three months or less. So this is not a big long-term goal. This is something specific that you can do in one quarter. And then you're going to outline the three things you could do to reach that goal and start scheduling it into your calendar. So let me give you an example of this. I have one client who hired me who said, you know what my big money goal is for this year? I want to have one new high paying private client in the next three months. That's all. If I do that, that would make a huge difference. And she raised her rates to a reasonable level so that she wouldn't need tons of clients. Just one client she could be all in and focused with. And then she started to look at, okay, what could I do to connect with that client? She had a couple people in mind that she knew she would love to work with. So she decided to send them direct emails to see if if it was something they were interested and they would want to hop on the phone with her. And she also posted about it on social media. And she said, hey, I'm looking for this one particular client. And if you know them, the person who meets this kind of criteria, who's looking for the services I offer, could you put us in touch? Lo and behold, she had three people who wanted to sign up (laughs) at that higher price point. And it was all pretty straightforward, right? We just looked at what is the most direct path to revenue. So that bold money goal was a stretch. She had to raise her rates. She had to be more visible. The summer, we call it summer because sometimes this season feels a little hot, right? There might be some visibility involved, meaning you talk to somebody else like a financial advisor or your accountant, or you reach out to other people and let them know what you're working on. So here is the final season. And remember, these seasons go round and round and round. So should you find yourself in financial autumn, it looks like this. Autumn, just like it is for the seasons, is kind of the ending of a cycle, right? 
We've gone through winter, spring, and summer, and there's been all sorts of wisdom and knowledge gained and perhaps a little bit more abundance. And this is the time of year or season financially where we're going to start to consciously pause and reflect. So you've either achieved some financial security now, even if that's just a little bit more than it used to be, and you've moved through some of the other phases. And in autumn, there are four things you might do on your on your money date. You might consider how you can be kind to your future self now by paying down debt and or setting up retirement accounts or other investments, right? So you've, you're going to start to plan a little bit farther forward. So the first few steps are about creating things right now that, of course, will only help you moving forward, but they also really are about seeing the immediate benefit right now. In autumn, we're starting to look at kind of the bigger picture. Something else you might do in the season of autumn is consider residual or passive income. This might be investing in stock or real estate, or it might be selling a product if you run your own business or if you want to have a side hustle. So you might start selling something you know how to do, like, hey, doing guitar lessons in town or giving, you know, Spanish lessons or teaching a workshop online or in person or selling some other type of product, right? This is also a time where a really wise money step would be to extend gratitude for the people that have helped you along the way. None of us rise without help. It's just not possible. Some of us have more help than others, and that's a great fortune. But we all have somebody who took a risk on us or said yes to something or or was of some assistance, whether small or large. And this is our opportunity to send out some thank you cards to people who referred people to you or bosses you've had or have or clients or colleagues. Extend gratitude for the goodness that has come your way because you have known these people. And then here is the last step that we can do in autumn. In autumn, you can begin to get curious about what you want your financial legacy to be. Who would you like to be able to give something to, whether it's financial or the gift of your time or of your presence, right? So do you want to be able to volunteer or do some pro bono work or have scholarships to your service? Or do you want to be able to leave a check to something or someone that you really care about, right? So perhaps you're towards the end of a career or you've just gone around the seasons and you find yourself in autumn and it's time to think about what is all this money for? right? We don't get to take it with us. So what do I really want to be doing with this? And this is a powerful time to really pause and consider before we enter the winter again, before we begin to plan our next steps again. Because if we don't pause in autumn and get clear about what we value and extend some gratitude and slow down to reflect on what helped you financially and what didn't, then we often just keep spinning round and round, right? We don't get the opportunity to collect the wisdom that we've gained by going through the other phases. So quick recap here before I ask you a really important question. We've got these four seasons and you get to decide right now without any judgment which season you find yourself in. And what is one thing that might you might do on your money date, right? On your weekly money date. Now here's the thing about a money date. It's much like any other date. It usually only happens if you schedule it and then you actually stick to it. You guard that time like a mother bear guards her cubs, right? We say that a lot in here. So the first thing you're going to do right now is open up your phone and schedule your money 
date. And then I recommend you head over to my website, carlyfane.com forward slash podcast and get the money master sheet that goes along with this episode and fill in the answer that uniquely works for you so that you have one specific thing you're going to do during your money date. I recommend that you don't make this a big, long, fancy, complicated date, right? That you make this short and to the point. So maybe it's just a 10-minute money date in the beginning, right? And you can build up more as you get more confident. Now, I know I shared a lot today. And I want to hear what's bubbling up for you, right? What is one thing that stands out for you about this episode that you never want to forget? Write it down on iTunes or on social or wherever you get your podcasts. Tag me in it and let's have a conversation about it, right? And if it's personal, no, you can always send me private messages on social or through my website. I am so glad that we get to have this kind of conversation together, that we get to make sure that you feel secure within your money because we all know that the more secure you feel financially, the more secure you will feel in other areas of your life. So remember, especially as you're diving into money, and especially if that brings up all the feels for you, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Make that money date something that you'd look 10% more forward to by lighting that candle or putting on your favorite clothes, putting on your music, and keep prioritizing what you value, including yourself. And I will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.